Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Okay, we now welcome on a very special guest, and hopefully uh, two uh, in just a moment. We've got um, one of the hosts of the Believe in Dogs podcast, so we're doing another another uh, cross-believe, um, I guess, interview to preview yet another Mizzou football game. Um, we've got Corey Burton with us. We're hoping a, a Israel Troop might join us a little bit later um, as well. But yeah, we got Corey Burton in the house. First time, another first time guest. We've had we've had a couple of first time guests the last couple of shows, Kenny, which has been uh, which has been fun. Um, but like I said, Corey um, from the Believe in Dogs podcast. Welcome to the Unwritten Rule, foremost, and uh, and thanks for popping on. We got a big one here on Saturday. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. This is fun, and and uh, you know, welcome to Believe and. You know, you guys are, are fairly new to to the Believe family, so we welcome you there. Um, but yeah, Israel's probably in a, a tree stand somewhere. It's hunting season, and he's a he's a <laughs> big outdoorsman. He's I'm hoping he's got a story about some hog he killed or 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 a ten point buck that he that he nailed or something like that. So we'll we'll uh, look forward to hearing from him on that. But yeah, man, we got a huge game this weekend. Yeah, and judging from last year's contest, it's only gonna be a little bit more interesting so yeah definitely and i i'm gonna start in in where i think mizzou fans or at least the the three of us our co-host peyton as well got the most annoyed um how fired up is georgia gonna be that the cfp right before they played mizzou decided <laughs> to put them two instead of one because we saw that and lost our minds because we're like well now kirby smart who's notorious mm -hmm. at making this team feel like the underdog every year now has a a number by his logo to to show everyone and give some bulletin board material. So I'll start there. Um, were you surprised to see them rank number two? And, and how is that going to affect them being fired up for Saturday? I was a little surprised to see them rank number two uh, because they've been number one for so long, 25 game win streak, back to back national champions. Like I figure all that would kind of play into the ranking. I mean, I know we haven't, you I know think? we haven't played, I know we haven't played as well as people expect us to, um, but silently Carson Beck's had a really tremendous season. But on the Kirby Smart thing, I, I guess that's the, the the thing that people want to hear about more. Um, I, I do another show called SEC After Dark, and uh, this is this came up. You know, the rankings came out right before our show uh, last night, and uh, yeah, I, I was stoked to see Georgia number two um, for that reason because Kirby's, you know, Michael Jordan in that uh, in the Last Dance where every 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 time he talked about a game, he said, "Yeah," and I took that personally. Yep. Like that's Kirby smart. He's like, yeah, and I took that personally. And and so you feel bad for the next opponent. And I bet you guys are wishing we played Ole Miss this week instead of y'all. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, you couple that with the fact that last year's game came down to the wire the way it did. Um, won't, he won't leave any stone unturned in this one. I like that the college football ranking is a little bit different than AP. We get to see something that's not the exact same almost, yeah. but no one's beaten Georgia two years. I, I I understand they may be more analytically driven about what's going on this season. Ohio, they put Ohio State up, Ohio State up there. Teams won back-to-back -back natties, and you're going to put them at two. They haven't lost a game in two years. I, that's just silly. Um, where I kind of want to start with this next question is looking at you know some of these offensive weapons. You know Brock Bowers, talk of the town. This guy's going to be an NFL player someday. He's going to play on Sundays. With him being out, what what does this offense kind of look like, and who are the main targets? Well, the offense is a little bit more spread out now with him being with him being out. Oscar Delp had a tremendous game against Florida. I don't know if you guys watched that, but um, he he was a he was actually uh, 
filled in quite nicely for Brock Bowers. Didn't have as many targets, probably. Uh, the targets got spread out more evenly uh, with Brock Bowers out, but some of the ones that he did get were just as good. The reps were great. Uh, he was really good in the RPO game and had a really nice one-handed catch there. Um, but look for more of Ra-Ra Thomas. Look for more of Dominic Lovett. Look for more of Ladd McConkey. Uh, the run game got going really well. Uh, Kendall Milton and Dejon Edwards are finally fully healthy, and and that duo of, of running backs is really potent. So uh, it's just more spread out, honestly. Uh, so not one person is dominating uh, the touches. And, you know, I think Carson Beck is finally comfortable enough that he doesn't necessarily need that security blanket that Brock Bowers was early in the season. Now he's a little bit more comfortable with the system and some of the reads, especially some of the downfield reads. So um, that's good to see. And, and I was, I was kind of worried about it against Florida, but it ended up not being an issue because again, he spread the wealth. Got to ask about Dominic Lovett though. You, you name dropped him there. This mm-hmm. is a, you know, he's facing his former team now. Um, doesn't seem like there's any bad blood, just looking for a better opportunity. Yeah. I mean, how has he kind of looked this season? We haven't heard his name really at all. You know, I, and that's a lot because everyone was trying to get comfortable. He was trying to get comfortable in the system. Carson Beck was trying to get comfortable with his reads. Um, they were kind of trying to figure out, okay, we got these two new weapons, Dominic Lovett and, and Ra Ra Thomas, and we're going to try to figure out how to get them into the scheme. We had some injuries some things going on. The offense didn't click early on quite like we thought it was going to out of the gates, but he's really kind of fit in quite nicely now. Um, he's really good at uh, the short and intermediate routes, the the crossers and the and the things that really just kind of get him out in space. He's been really, really good at that. Um, the opportunities have been more limited than he's probably that he probably hoped that they would be, but I, he's he's contributed very nicely. He's added a really good uh, horizontal and vertical threat to our to our offense. Mizzou fans aren't going to like that. That's the they, they probably <laughs> they've, won't. They've... Like, so let me ask you guys about Dominic Lovett. Like, what was like? I didn't watch a ton of Mizzou football last year um, with Dominic Lovett. I, I knew I knew he was a problem for us. Uh, how, what, what was he like week to week? Like, how did he fit into the scheme there? Like you said, I mean, it was not just verticals, horizontal. Uh, he put it well one time. He was like, you know, I'm just shifty. I can make moves. I can find space. I can find holes and defenses. And that's just who he was. Um, kind of just we weren't really expecting such a big year from him last year. I mean, he was a guy that was committed to Arizona State before he flipped to, uh, you know, stay home. I guess he is technically an Illinois kid coming from East St. Louis. But an absolute character, too. Like, he's not just, you know, the stone-cold guy. He laughs. He, you know, I yeah. we talked about it before we came on here about a quote he used to always say, dropping <laughs> his nuts and letting him hang. And um, that's just who he is. He was just a character on the field. And just playing into that offense is that, you know, he was just always open. And it was, you know, Luther Burden was the talk of the town, the freshman coming in, having a good year. But Lovett was just incredible last year. And he was the one really turning the heads and turning the heads to the point that he was going to find a better situation elsewhere. Yeah, I guess he's. I guess Jack, what I saw was he kind of saw the writing on the wall. I mean, I, I think with all the Drinkwitz stuff at the tail end of last year, where he wasn't sure that he was, did, did the hot seat stuff kind of play into that. You think? 
I think like it was almost, it almost feels, I guess now, you know, and it's easy to say this now with how good Missouri's been is it almost feels at this point, like a win-win for kind of both sides where like, yeah, I think there were some questions initially about Drinkwitz and maybe him not having, you know, as much faith, but I think like from the Mizzou side too, it's ended up working out well because now, you know, you've brought Theo Wees in and you've been able to unleash Luther Burden in all these different ways, sort of because you didn't have another mouth to feed with love it departing you had to sort of switch things up and then you know yeah obviously Drinkwitz has has sort of recovered from that I don't think uh you know it, it was it was directly correlated to to just Drinkwitz and him leaving but I think he mm -hmm. saw an opportunity and then Mizzou you know has has sort of taken advantage of it as well being able to sort of restructure their offense with him gone yeah and uh, yeah like I said I I haven't seen you don't see many situations that's win-win like that yeah. which is, you know, it's, it's good to see it. And, and a good division is always great for college football. So, I you know, and Mizzou being good just only enhances the Eastern division, which is actually going to go away after this year. So <laughs> um, that'll be, that'll be interesting. But yeah, I, I was always curious to kind of how it, what he left and like, you know, most situations you, you see the fans and they're always like, yeah, good riddance. Yeah. We're, we're glad to leave him. You know, we're glad that he left, but it, it just seemed like that you guys didn't want him to leave, but we're able to, just say, okay, he's gone. There's nothing we can do about it. We just need to retool and, and go. I think he kind of also looked at the situations around him. You know, Luther Burton, of course, his top prop, you know, top recruit in the nation coming in. And he, you know, he's making some good money. And NIL can also drive it that he was seeing this and this guy's, you know, doing really well. But I'm also having an incredible season and there's really nothing for me right now, just offered wise. And he kind of went somewhere where, you know, it's not just winning, but you know, he can also build for something for his own future. And I think that really played into it as well. And um, the thing that kind of always stood out to me too, is that you see some of the other players responding to him on social media. It's like, I don't get why Mizzou fans are going after our guy like this. You know, we, he's still our brother kind of mentality. It's just, you know, he was yeah. doing something better for himself. And yeah, yeah that, that really plays into the win-win that Jack talked about. Yeah. We, we experienced the same thing with uh, AD Mitchell. AD Mitchell went to Texas and, uh, you know, we, I don't blame him. I mean, he, he got some NIL stuff and he wanted to move in, move on and, he spent some time in Texas. He's a he grew up in Nashville, I think, but he spent some time in Texas as well right before he came to Georgia. So, like, a little bit of that is he probably wanted to be closer to where I guess he's from now. And, and so, I, I don't blame him there. And, and Texas has a lot to offer in NIL. So, I, I've always been a big fan of AD Mitchell, and he won us two national championships. So, I can't really be mad at him. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Kenny, you can if you remember who said that. I think someone said this week, you know, they were asked about playing Love It Again, and they were just like, you know, he's just another number when it's all on the field, which I think is the answer that's like, it's nothing really personal, but also like, you, you know, like we don't, we're not going to like love him or, you know, heap the praise on him. We got to beat him on Saturday, but also like, you know, it's not, there's no beef there. If, if that, yeah, it, you know, it, yeah, I see it as all love during pregame. And then once, once the game kicks off, yeah. It's all business. We're, we're, we're coming after you. Like we're, we're going to beat you. And then when the game's over, we'll, we'll, we'll dap it up and hug again later and, and we'll talk and chop it up and whatever, whatever friends do after the games. And <laughs> you know, it'll be that. That was the yeah. big, the biggest thing that drink was really pushed last year. And same with Blake Baker, the DC is that it's a nameless and faceless opponent. You're going in, you, it mm -hmm. doesn't matter who it is. It could be an FCS school. It could be Alabama, it could be Georgia. It doesn't matter. Everyone's going to be seen the same. And you start each week. Oh, and oh, 
And that's mm-hmm. what the something to prove is you're going in one to know. And, you know, we talk about, you know, just like the going in, showing no emotion. I don't know if you remember this last year, but there was a little skirmish on the oh, yeah. field pregame. Jalen Carter. Yeah. Jalen, Jalen Carter, Carter kind of get yeah. into it. Some of the, the linemen mm-hmm. didn't really turn into much or maybe some chirping going back and forth throughout the game. But uh, I remember seeing that. I was kind of It gave y'all juice. It gave yeah. y'all a lot of juice, I think. <laughs> it did. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I remember that. Go. I remember thinking like midway through the third quarter going, why did we do that? <laughs> I'm not. I think Jalen Carter also missed time in that game too. Uh, yeah, he got I'm not banged mistaken. Up. Got banged yeah, up. So he got banged up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I. I okay, yeah, yeah, I. Go ahead, Jack. Oh no, I, I was gonna I was gonna segue, but I I do want to hear if you have any other take on that incident because that did give Mizzou juice big time. It, it did, and it, you know you you hate to see that kind of stuff happen pregame, but you know football is a highly emotional game, so you know I'm not surprised. I mean, you, you know you don't you know nothing with nothing too brutal was done or you know nothing major was done you know yeah. it's just a little 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 skirmish there and you know it happens it happens in a lot of places and i'm not mad about it but you know even if we would have lost i'd have been like well you know it is what it is they he gave him some juice and we couldn't live up to the hype and we never and uh that's that's kind of how i saw it yeah um and, and, you know, I, I do want to zero in because it's all fine and dandy for Drinkwitz to say to his team that it's a nameless and faceless opponent. I'm not going to yeah. say that. It's Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I want to zero in on, you know, you talked about Bowers a little bit and then Carson Beck's development as well, because I, I think, you know, a lot of maybe just college football fans in general, maybe not even necessarily Georgia fans, but a lot of people maybe are like kind of hit the panic button when he went down. And you seem to like, and I, I think other people I've heard this as well is like, Beck seems to have really come along and started to, um, you know, find his groove with the rest of this offense, even just looking at it from a bigger picture perspective. I know you have Mizzou right in front of you and sat on Saturday, but like, is this still a team that, you know, if Bowers with him out kind of in the long term, like has Beck reached that point where he can be a CFP, a SEC championship winning caliber quarterback with, with the squad he's got around him. I, I don't see why not the way he's dealing. I, I, I think, he spent so much time in this offense, and even before he started, I, I think he got really comfortable with what things are going on. I mean, it's still the the it's still the same scheme, it's still the same playbook that Todd Munkin left behind. It's just a different person uh, pulling the strings. And you know, Mike Bobo has been really, really good at quarterback development. That's one thing he's always been good at. Now, now play calling and things like that. Sometimes he gets lost in the flow of the game, and, and I think he loses touch with with uh with the game and he gets a little systematic um but I, I think as far as like developing what the reads are and getting him comfortable in the pocket and, and him understanding kind of how these concepts are supposed to develop and the timing of everything has been tremendous and you know a lot was said about the schedule early on but it did help Carson Beck get settled in uh, we were supposed to play Oklahoma, by the way. I got to make that known <laughs> instead of uh, instead of Ball State. But it's uh, yeah, I, I would say as of right now, I would feel comfortable going into a CFP game against Florida State with Carson Beck under center. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's hard to imagine. There's many weaknesses to to a Georgia team, but it's definitely like a different Georgia team than it was the last two years. You know, mm-hmm. things are ever changing in college football, but. What's an obvious weakness? There's maybe something to look out for on the on the, the offensive side. On the offensive side, uh, I think right now we just struggle in the interior offensive line for whatever reason. I think it's more commu- communication related. Um, I, I, we're not performing as well as 
was well as expected. I, I think Cedric Van Pran is having a little bit of a struggle uh, this year, and, and it could be just uh, the change of play caller and you know some of the things that go with changing coordinators uh, and the communication piece of it. Defenses are starting to give us a little bit more uh, variety and a little bit more, you know different looks and and getting us some. Uh, some of it's the predictive play calling where defenses are guessing right and and we're, they're bringing more than we can more than we can block. Uh, but yeah, right now, I mean, offensive line came in as a strength and right now they're, they, they're just inconsistent. Sometimes they're just really, really great against, you know, in the Florida and Kentucky games and second half of the South Carolina game. Uh, and sometimes they're just downright, you're just like wondering if they've ever played football before. And, and, and there's some <laughs> of those drives in the first quarter early in the season where I was like, what, what, what's, what did we do all off all preseason? Like what's going on That's here? A- like, that sounds a little familiar, doesn't it, Kenny? Yeah, I was gonna. I was wondering if you were gonna ask us what what we think is the biggest weakness. And yeah, it's I mean, definitely been... I'm, I'm gonna fire that right back at you. Yeah, absolutely. What do, <laughs> what do y'all see? Like, what what do y'all as Mizzou fans going? Okay, we're gonna attack Georgia here. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive line wise, it's been a lot better than last season. Last season, it felt like it was you know there was band aids and stitches trying to hold those guys together and it was a lot of younger guys trying to mesh well and this year Javon Foster at the left tackle position is the highest graded left tackle according to PFF in the SEC and that's the guy that you yeah you you probably are gonna have I mean George is gonna have a hard time trying to get through but it's just like um, wishy-washy on what kind of offensive line you're gonna get Connor Tolleson at center as immensely improved but he still has you know some bonehead plays and that that's where they, they shoot themselves in the foot yeah. is what coach Drinkwitz always says that they'll have a penalty and you look at that georgia game last year right? i mean there were offensive um offensive line penalties that just took them out of the game from like just sealing it you know earlier than they could have and they ended up not doing it and so it's just the offensive line consistency xavier delgado's looked good he's a graduate um and Armand Membu, who's a fresh or a sophomore now, and he's he's played some strong um, uh, on the right side, but it just really depends on you know what kind of offensive line shows up, and it's looked a lot better. But I mean, it's kind of hard to pick one thing on the offense because a lot of it's looked good, uh, and there's been a lot of parts. I mean, Cody Schrader is one of the top rushers in the SEC. Not the fastest guy out there, not the biggest guy, but you know, he puts his head down and he runs. And I think the offensive line just showing up and having a consistent game like it's kind of had every every other game of the season is really what they uh, need to focus on. Yeah, I was going to ask about the rushing attack because, you know, you had, you had Tyler Beatty last year. and uh, Two years was, ago, yeah. Oh, yeah, two years ago. Yeah. Who was, who's the guy last year? Cody Schrader, same D2 Schrader, transfer same from Truman. Okay, yeah, I was, I was going to ask how, how that's been uh, you know since since Batty left, but I didn't realize he left two years ago. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Wow. That, I, I mean, it, it's definitely been like – it, it, it's been a you know a, a transition like schrader has been a, like a really awesome story i mean he was a he was a walk-on and and now this year he's second in the sec in, in rushing yards and he's been a great um sort of way to balance you know the passing attack's been so good but it's luckily not been solely one-dimensional um but yeah i mean he's not Beatty. he's not you know larry roundtree who mizzou had before tyler Beatty. um you know it, it's but you you can get an explosive play here or there from him, and especially in the red zone, which I think when you ask like the weak spot, I know that's like I've heard at least that Georgia's is somewhat inconsistent on defending that area, which you know, yeah. to Eli Drinkwitz's point is he said, I think he said it best, it's mostly because teams rarely ever get down there uh, against Georgia. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, that that's an area where Mizzou, I mean, they have one of the best red zone offenses in the country. And that that is largely down to, you know, they're able to use Schrader, let Cook use his legs. Um, you know, they've they've had some good play calling in the red zone. I think that's been yeah, a, that, that's a what I've noticed in there. I just want to notice again, uh, I, I watched the LSU game, uh, y'all's mm -hmm. LSU game, and I was really, really impressed with not only the red zone play calling, but just play calling in general and just how they were able to to use Luther Burden as an absolute weapon in that game. And and for one thing, one, one thing that if I was a Mizzou fan uh, looking at it from an offensive side of the ball, I would be excited to run on this Georgia defensive line because – you don't have Jalen Carter. You don't have Jordan Davis. You don't have a big superstar name. You have a group that's trying to figure out who that guy is going to be, which doesn't exist in this group yet. Um, but it's been very inconsistent on the defensive line where we get gashed at times and we make big plays at times. And right. it's just one of those things where, you know, it, it seems like, you get gashed and then you get gashed again. It's, it's like a momentum thing with this short, with this defensive line. It, you know, if you get, if you hit one big run, you're probably going to hit a few. Just go back and watch the Auburn tape. They did a tremendous job. They're so one dimensional. They're probably one of the most one dimensional teams that Georgia's ever played. And they rushed. It felt like they rushed for 600 yards. Jarquez Hunter was a beast, but um, he's a good running back, not to take anything away from him, but they weren't going against Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis from two years ago. Looking at this Mizzou offense as well against that uh, defense is that when you come into this game, it might look a little bit different than it did last year because Kirby Moore is now the OC coming over from Fred Snow State. Mm -hmm. Drinkwitz gives up all gives up full play calling to him. Which, and is, it looks which a lot has been great for him. Oh, yeah. Per, yeah, it's been perfect, and that's what Drinkwitz needed. He needed someone to kind of take that role so he can be, you know, just make the right calls as the head coach. And um, you look at the, the running back play is one thing I just want to point out that, you know, sometimes, especially the la last season, there were five guys getting carries. So it wasn't just Cody Schrader, Nate Pete, and Nate Pete had a pretty brutal mm -hmm. game against Auburn. If, if you remember that, just extending yeah. the football and fumbling in the end zone, but yeah, he, was... he just hasn't been in the mix the last couple of weeks. It's been Cody Schrader dominating the ball. And like, I'm going to throw guys out there. You don't even need to know because they're not here anymore, but Taj <laughs> Butts, Michael Cox, like there were guys getting carries just out on the field as blockers too. That doesn't really happen anymore. And the, you know, the tight end position isn't something to really stand out for just in the receiving game, but there, there's some good, uh, there's a duo of tight end blockers uh, that are freshmen for Mizzou. And those are the guys that are now, you know, taking over that role of what those running backs were kind of doing as extra blockers. And it just looks like a totally different offense and it's just firing on all cylinders. Yeah. So when you, when you guys look at Georgia's defense from an offensive perspective, like what, where are you, yeah. Like game plan wise, like if 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 Coach Drinkwitz came came by and said, "Here, Kenny, here, Jack, uh, you guys need to devise a game plan to beat Georgia," you know, where where are you attacking? You know, what what are you you know what are you taking advantage of? I mean, it, from what it sounds like, it's like you know, kind of taking advantage in that in that running game. And I'll, I'll let Kenny get his take on here on, on that first too. But I also really want to know too, like in terms of this pass defense, like I haven't heard a ton uh you know about how how difficult that's been um you know to to get through other than mm -hmm. you know one name that i had circled that i wanted to ask you about malachi starks um mm -hmm. you know who's been tremendous and was good last year as a freshman yeah. my, my game plan would probably be you know 
use your weapons and throw away from him. Uh, and yeah. then, yeah, I think, you know, maybe lean on your rushing attack a little bit more from the sounds of it. Cause you don't have a Jalen Carter to run through thankfully anymore. Absolutely. And, and the linebackers can only do so much. Yeah. I, I, I would go. That's exactly what I would do. Yeah. Kenny. Yeah. Just go all over that run defense. And it's not just Cody Schrader. It's Brady cook. This, this Mizzou offense called for its quarterback to get two first downs with his legs every single game. And for Brady cook, he had the, he had the banged up knee for a little bit, a couple of weeks ago against Memphis. And it kind of, sprinkled into some of these other games but he looks fully healthy now he's not on the injury report anymore as a probable or questionable he's looking strong and it's you know it's not just Cody Schrader you know pounding up the middle or going out to you know there's some of the zone reads it's just him going out there and just scrambling and if you know, he's gonna hit some a deep passes guy like Marquise Johnson who's a freshman who's has wheels you know he might explode for one uh, but those other big explosive plays could come from Brady Cook's legs he looks healthy out there and um, he can he can grab you some first downs yeah, no doubt. I mean, I've seen him run. He he can he can do it. I mean, he's not he's not a, a Michael Vick by any stretch, but he can <laughs> yeah. he can certainly get it done. And and Jack, a couple a couple other names in the in the secondary that need to yeah. uh, that you need to be aware of is Kamari Lassiter um, out at corner. Um, he's been he's been kind of he's our all conference guy out there. He's been uh, he's been really really good. Uh, Javon Bullard, who's been banged up for most of the year comes back he plays the nickel he's extremely physical if you remember in the uh the semifinal last year against ohio state he's the one that put the hit on marvin harrison and as much as ohio state fans cry about that being targeting (laughs) it was not he was pulling his head away i mean he was like leaning his shoulder extra and he made shoulder Mm. shoulder contact and it wasn't a blind side and all i mean the refs overturned it so like i feel good about that so (laughs) <laughs> he's he's just extremely physical. He just hits, and you know people yeah. aren't used to seeing that. And so, uh, him playing in the nickel, he can cover most receivers. Now, Luther Burden is a is a problem for Luther Burden is a burden for for anybody. <laughs> Doesn't matter who you are. So that's going to be a tough tough ask, regardless. Um, but one thing that Georgia does well in the secondary is play man coverage. Uh, they don't play zone very well, and again they communicate worse than the offensive line. It's almost like, you know, they just leave these huge gaps, especially, especially on the seams, um, the curl zones and the digs, dig seam uh, area. They just leave a bunch of, bunch of openings. And Israel and I will text back and forth uh, throughout the games and be like most every game, at least twice, maybe three times a game, the words we suck at zone coverage probably come across our text chain. (laughs) And I just I don't understand why we're so bad at zone coverage. We we've got athletes. Maybe they just I don't know. Maybe they're hyper aggressive. Maybe they're but maybe they don't understand the coverage schemes. Maybe they don't understand. You know, there's something there, and it's probably a communication thing. It's probably an above the shoulders thing. Yeah, that I I, I was curious to know about that. So like you know, then you go back to the scheme ideas. So it's like you know, that that's a nice thing with having Kirby Moore now is you can throw in some of those maybe more complex play calls to try and, you know, when they're in zone, take advantage of that versus like just going man up. Cause it seems like Georgia's mm-hmm. going to win a lot of those battles. I, I've gonna also, I'd be, they're going to be right. Right. They're going to hit. So, yeah. so I'm curious about that. Or, or does that make you a little bit more confident? I mean, Luther's Luther's whole thing is yak. Like, you know, you get the ball mm-hmm. to him in the flat, wherever you want to throw it to him and, and let him, you know, let him do his thing after the catch, you know, is, is it, a, are, are you pretty confident in that matchup with some of those DBs to be able to, to put a yeah. hit on him and, and prevent him from doing that? 
Yeah, no doubt. Um, Kamari Laster is, is also very physical too. I mean, th those yeah. guys love contact. Malachi Starks loves contact. And I, I think if they can keep Luther Burden from getting going after the catch, then they shouldn't have any issues with him. Uh, let him catch it short, tackle him before he really gets going, and, and, and you make him earn every single yard. And that's how you stop a guy like that. You, you, you're just physical. You just physically beat him up. Yeah. You, you jostle him off the line. You don't, you, you press him. You're just, you're just, and every once in a while, you just got to know it's like the, you know, it's like guarding Kobe Bryant. He's yeah. going to get you at some point. You just got to know, Hey, he's going to get me at some switched point. On. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm going to beat him up most of the game and I'm going to limit his big plays and I'm going to, I'm going to frustrate him. I'm going to make sure that he can't get going. Because once he gets going, you guys have seen plenty of it. <laughs> Opponents have yeah, seen too much of it. Once he gets going, he's dangerous and he can change a game. Yeah, that's that's going to be such a fun battle then, because like Burden, like he he doesn't he doesn't shy away from contact either. Like he's mm -mm. he's not afraid. He's been like flipped out of bounds a couple of times. You know, we've mm -hmm. been screaming for him to get taken off of punt returns because we're worried he's going to get injured. He's a um, dog. You know, he is a yeah. dog. Like he, that, that'll he just be a, after it, man. I, I love watching him play. Yeah, he's fun. And so I and I really like especially Starks. And I'm glad you informed me about more of the I meant to look into more of their corners and, and DBs because I like I like hard hitting corners. So that's a mm -hmm. that'll be an exciting matchup. Yeah, Laster and Bullard are, are certainly uh, they fit that bill for, for sure. Mm -hmm. And then of course, uh Dalen Everett on the other side is nothing to you know shake a stick. I mean he's he's no slouch either i mean it's a yeah it's probably on, on defense probably our strongest group because they've they, they just got a lot of experience uh and then our inside backers are very experienced and then we have michael williams who's the, the next great pass rusher but he just can't do it by himself sure i'm, I'm glad you really touched on the, uh, the the secondary of georgia because you know that's a big conversation at the zoo as well as you know how is the secondary going to respond against a, a, a quarterback like carson beck against an offense like georgia because coming into this game Ennis Rakestraw, um, who's you know one of the more prominent corners in the SEC, he's back healthy. Chris Abrams Drain is having an amazing season. Uh, he's had his name called you know hundreds of times now. If you look at the safety position for the Tigers, Joseph Charleston, Jalen Carley is not having the seasons they might have expected. Tackling has been a big issue, so that might be something to pay attention for on the Georgia side is seeing how some of these safeties and especially the linebacker positions, with Tyron Hopper kind of struggling a little bit with tackling as well. Uh, but Jalen Carley's picked up his first interception in the last game against South Carolina. But those are some positions to really look at. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know who would, who would have been like the best defense that Georgia's faced this year. But have they had really uh, you know any issues against um, some secondaries? Uh, to be honest, uh, Kentucky soft Kentucky secondary wasn't as good as we thought they were going to be. I thought we were going to have a tough time with them. Um, and didn't uh florida secondary we had no issues there um so no I, I honestly not this will probably you know this stretch of games will probably be our biggest test as far as that is concerned now the the rushing defense of of some of these teams have been tough we had a we had a struggle in the first half against south carolina um they they, they played actually pretty well in the secondary and then uh then we kind of figured some things out and then went out and played the second half because south carolina is terrible in the second half but uh, they've been terrible in the second half all year long, but uh, to answer your question, not not really. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't consider Florida very challenging in the secondary. 
Um, and, and those have really been the only two big games that we've had so far. Yeah, and two more like points I would throw out there just about Missouri's defense to keep an eye on is that these defensive tackles really kind of struggled at the beginning of the season, weren't really like getting you know through the offensive side, putting any pressure to help out those those guys on the end. And um, but right now, I mean, Jaden Jernigan and Christian Williams and Josh Landry, they're not the fastest guys, but they can push people over. And we talked about the you know the struggles maybe on the interior of the defensive line for Georgia. Those are the guys who really keep an eye on some of the numbers yeah. is just, you know, five double zero or zero and 90. Those are the ones that I would keep an eye on Uh linebacker position. Though, I, I mentioned Tyron Hopper, a little bit of struggles with the, the tackling this year. He's always graded so well, according to PFF That's coming fair. over from Florida, everyone was it's not really excited to be struggling in his tackling. Yeah, we, <laughs> no. we, we deem him, we deem him. If there was a stat for most missed tackles in the country out there, he would be running away with that category. Yeah. He likes to bounce off people and, and he still grades, you know, pretty fine against PFF and PFF loved him last year. Uh, but another guy, Chad Bailey, who's one of the, the captains on defense, the middle linebacker, he was the mic. Uh, he's going to be out. So the guy to look out for is Chuck Hicks, who was a Wyoming transfer, didn't get to play last year because of an injury. Uh, so in the linebacker position looks a little bit shaky right now, but Tyron Hopper has proven that he can bounce back. You, you look at his season last year. Okay. Yeah. That's uh I mean, that's that's quite a bit. I mean, like, I, I don't think coming into last year's game, I would have probably been so aware of so many names because, mm -hmm. again, I, I think y'all were at a different place this time last year. And, and just to see the improvement of this program just in a year's time. I mean, you're you know, you're talking about all these notable guys and, you know, it's it's you know, it's it's good to see. And I, I think it's going to prove to be a, a, another challenge. And and I love that George is at home in this one. Um, thankful that Georgia's at home in this one because that makes that a little bit, I don't want to say easier, that's probably not the right word, but it makes it a little bit more uh, in our favor, I guess, um, mm -hmm. in, in this contest. So uh, one thing Georgia's offensive line has been really good at uh, has been pass pro. I, I think they've that's one of the reasons why Carson Beck's been able to do what he's done. They've been actually surprisingly good in pass pro, which I thought we would struggle in pass pro and be dominant in the run game, and it's been the exact opposite. And not, we're not necessarily dominant in pass pro, but I, I think we're we're very very good at that. Yeah. So a, a big key could be, you know, Mizzou gets to Carson Beck a couple times early. That could maybe shake things up for, mm -hmm. you know, how the rest of the game goes. Yeah. And and Auburn that Auburn was able to get through. Auburn has a really yeah. good defensive front, and they were able to get through some, especially in some like if you can get Georgia in some third and longs, if you can get it behind the chains. I think you have a chance of put getting some heat on Carson Beck. He can run and he can run well. He just doesn't. Mm -hmm. He just he just he just it takes him a while to pull the ball down and and, and run because um, he just is unsure of it. But um, yeah, I'm I'm no. I'm super excited about this matchup, man. I'm just like there's just so many different things happening, like the def the defense Georgia's defense front versus. Schrader in the run game, Schrader and Brady and uh, Brady Cook in the run game. Uh, you know how how are they going to handle Luther Burden? How is Mizzou going to handle Luther Burden? Are they going to move him around? Like has has that been happening all year long? Does he move around and you know attack you from different spots? Like how does that how does that work in, in y'all's offense? We talked about this. I wouldn't say at length, but maybe like a good ten minute, you know, five minute conversation. That you look at his his stats last year compared to this year. A lot more end arounds. He does still does some pop passes and. 
um, they'll find him in space uh, instead of just looking downfield or over the middle. And it's just a lot of lot less end arounds, though. And that, that was something that they liked to do a lot last year. It kind of get got banged up a lot, though, because he was getting hit pretty hard in the backfield on some of them. Um, yeah. it's, I mean, it's more just about finding him space and let him do his thing. And that's, I mean, Jack said it good. It's like, yak, 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 and let him get the ball, let him see what he can do. The yeah. one, the one play that always like defines Luther Burden is against Louisiana tech in his freshman season last year, he gets the ball. Two guys are draped on him. He's maybe 10 yards out and he scores standing up. Yeah. And that, that's I mean, just who he is. Like he can yeah. power through guys. It doesn't always look like the strongest guy out there. You look at him, he looks, you know, just like a regular wide receiver and, he can just power through people and he just has a lot of force and he doesn't really, I mean, he's, he cares about his body, but he'll put it on the line uh, just to score. Yeah. I, I, it impresses me for sure. What, I mean, what, what is it, what is it with Missouri and getting these big time receivers? Like, it seems like you guys get a, a big time, big time guy like Luther Burden, almost like every other recruiting cycle. Like what, like what draws these receivers to Missouri? I've always been curious about that. Jacob Nasty wideouts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jacob Peeler. So he yeah. was the the wide receiver coach at Ole Miss uh, during the A.J. Okay. Brown and D.K. Okay. Metcalf era. Yeah. And he has that resume behind him that he's proven to a lot of um, offensive, offensive coordinators, head coaches, that he can get a lot of good wide receivers. And this wide receiver class that they have in right now for the 2023 year, uh, there's some good three and four stars in there that are going to be contributors in the next two years. There's already one right now. We mentioned earlier, Marquise Johnson, who's – just an absolute bullet. Like he can, yeah. he's one of the fastest guys in the SEC. He's, he's someone I think like, you know, if there's a play that makes a difference in this game, I almost think Marquise Johnson is the one to make it. Like he, okay. he doesn't get targeted much, but when he does, it's on a deep fly and he absolutely burns a guy for like, you know, a deep touchdown. And like, you know, I, I don't know if he'll necessarily do that, but you know, if they let him get free, he he's, he's really, really dangerous. Just to add okay. to that. Sorry, Kenny. There you go. I mean, it, that it, speed kills, man. Yeah. I'd also just throw in there that uh, Drinkwitz is just a hell of a recruiter. He's really shown it. He showed in that 2021 class. And not a lot of guys panned out, but we look at, you know, Luther Burden comes in in 2022, and it's just sprinkling in some other guys. They almost got Ryan Wingo. That's where I kind of want to build my next question. Ryan Wingo was a five-star. He, he verbally committed to Texas last week, mm -hmm. and a lot of Mizzou fans were pretty upset because it – it looked like he was going to be a tiger, like no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Luther had a lot of connections to Georgia. It looked like he was maybe going to be a bulldog after he decommitted from Oklahoma. I mean, yeah. is there any hard feelings that. towards him or no, I mean, is it just another no. five star? I mean, I, mean I, I'm not, I don't want to say it's just another five star. Like, like I mean, I, I know we've been getting an unprecedented number of five stars. So, I mean, anytime you, anytime you have a chance of getting a guy like Luther Burden, you know, it, it does sting a little bit. Um, I mean, there's no hard feelings. I mean, you know, he's a kid. He he, he felt comfortable in Missouri, and he 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 wanted to go to Missouri. Like I I don't have any problem with that, uh, except for that one Saturday every year when we have to defend him. But um, no, I there's no hard feelings, and not for me. I mean, there's some there's some segments of our fan that probably hates him because he didn't choose Georgia, <laughs> and they hate everybody who doesn't choose yeah, Georgia, which just baffles me. I I don't I don't like that at all about college football, uh, where the fans are like, oh, they you know don't boo a kid because he didn't choose your school. Like there's a lot of factors that go into it that people don't realize. And I just hate that. I, I really, really, that, that really gets under my skin is when people are like, Oh, you suck. You didn't choose our school. You know, bah, yeah. you know, these are 18 year olds. Like, yeah. Who cares? Like who cares? Like 
and and Georgia's you know Georgia's been fortunate enough to recruit at a high level to where you know okay we'll just call the next one in and it doesn't really matter. But at the end of the day, I mean these are kids like there's no hard feelings. But yeah. you know it, it, you know you just go and say okay all right well then you know we got to move on down the list and go and and you you wish Luther Burden well and I'm sure a lot of you know these kids know each other. I'm sure that, I'm sure there's some there's some friendly trash talk going on between the between the oh, sides, yeah. but. Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about it at all. The, there's a the the thing I'll add to just with like, um, you know, how Mizzou maybe gets some of these wide receivers. It was funny. Kenny brought up Ryan Wingo. It's funny that you asked us that because you yeah. know I think a lot of the fan base is bitter. We had a long conversation on here about that whole saga and missing on a big receiver. But uh, yeah, the, the I mean, only it thing I'll add to, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, and and the the two things I'll add with with that is Drinkwitz is also really good at. Um, you know, keeping connections and like Mizzou being even second place for some of these guys has mm-hmm. already kind of helped them down the line. Uh, another guy in their receiver room is Mookie Cooper, who went to Ohio State um, and is is an or- originally a St. Louis kid. And now he's back and contributing mm-hmm. with Missouri he transferred because it just didn't work out. That's one thing Drinkwitz is really good at doing. And then Missouri to the state passed an NIL law that allows you to start to capitalize on that stuff before you actually get to the school. And that's that's a huge driver for, yeah, a lot of these kids. Cause, cause you know, Luther burden, um, you know, he's, he's got the NIL, you Mm -hmm. know, stuff out the wazoo. We see the ads for it. We, we poke fun from time to time. Cause uh, when he reads some of the spokesperson ads, it's, it's pretty funny, but um, yeah, it's like a huge, uh, that that's definitely a huge factor that, uh, that helps with, with driving recruits there too. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, with the transfer portal being the way that it is, you have to, you can't, you can't burn bridges as a coach. And if you do, yeah. that's, you're, you're stupid, right? You can't right. do that. Like that, that goes, that goes on the, you know, that goes on the bitterness end of it. Like, like, and, and I, I would, I would give some advice to your fan base as far as like the Ryan Wingo situation. Don't be bitter because like, it's never over until he grad until he graduates and runs out of eligibility. Like he could come back via the transfer portal, especially if he was heavily considering your school. There's always that chance. And, you know, maybe the one factor that he was looking at goes in his favor. And then like maybe he gets to Texas and realizes, okay, all right, maybe this isn't the right situation for me, or maybe Sarkeesian gets fired, or you know, something happens. Arch Manning never sudden, throws me the ball. Yeah, Arch Manning is stingy. He throws so-and-so the ball all the time and not me. I'm going to transfer. Or, hey, I got a really good NIL deal in the works here in St. Louis. All I got to do is enroll at Missouri, and here, here we go. And there's all that plays into it. So, like, just because he's gone now doesn't mean – he may decommit. Like, he may – he may end up signing oh, totally. with you guys in December. I mean, or next month. I say in December, like it's like way far down the road, but it's like <laughs> actually in you know less than a month. But uh, I mean, it's just never over until it's over, right? And until they leave. Yeah. So, and these kids probably look at that stuff like, oh god, like I'm so like they probably look at all the hate that they're getting from you know whatever fan base in the Ryan Wingo situation. I, I'm, I'm sure there is a segment of Missouri fans that are throwing hate his way hopefully not but it it happens like every fan base has that and he's probably looking at it going oh thank god i didn't choose them right Mm -hmm. like when when guys don't choose georgia like i'm pretty sure like they're like oh thank god i didn't choose that you know good lord those fans are freaking nuts (laughs) you know and again you don't realize it's like the lunatic fringe of your fan base but 
again, it's never a good look. I'm really glad you you touched on that. Coming from a guy who's watched Georgia football, who's been around, you know, some of the the best recruits and knowing a lot about them, it might it's not the same for a lot of Mizzou fans. You know, no shots at Gary Pinkle or Barry Odom. It's just they never really had some of the top of the top recruiting classes. Yeah. And now it's like looking at guys like why isn't this five star coming here? And and when they that's, you know, it that's sounds a like hell of a place here. to be. Yeah, yeah, that's a hell and, of a place to be. And it's a it's a good feeling to see all these guys like even considering it or being, you know, in the top twos and then some of them even landing with Mizzou. But um, at the, at the end of the day, you, you kind of just have to move forward. And I think a good thing about Mizzou Twitter and just like some of this Mizzou following is that there were some people, you know, pretty angry about it, but it's also just been like a, a good group of, you know, just a good following on social media that they don't really mm-hmm. get too much into it. They don't really get angry. I don't know if you've, if you've experienced it before, but they do like to spam people with memes. It's a bigger mm-hmm. thing on the basketball. <laughs> Um, but, but they just attack people's memes. It's not it's not like anything hatred. They just like to have fun with it. And I, I think there there was a lot of frustration just because Texas made such a late push for Ryan Wingo like at the last second and got yeah. him. But I mean, you got to move forward. And I like yeah. what you said. That, you know, it's not over till it's over. Yeah, and I get being disappointed. Like you, every every right to be disappointed that that he didn't choose Missouri. Like th- there's a difference between being a little frustrated, a little disappointed, than being straight up angry. Like there's a huge difference in that. Like you know, and, and it's, and it, I guess it's where you direct it. Like if it's a little frustrating, like, okay, why, why couldn't we close this guy? You know? And as long as it stays kind of in that realm, it's okay. In my, in my eyes, you know, it's like, oh, dang, you know, we didn't get that guy. Like, why didn't we get that guy? Like what happened? Okay. Well, maybe the next, the next guy will learn, you know, mm-hmm. that, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> um, Okay, Corey, I have so, you know, I I've I've got I've got a fun question for you as well, but I want to ask this yeah. first. Um I'm curious, you know, yeah, great game on Saturday. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we delved into to a ton of the facets. Uh right now I'm looking at the uh, the bet online odds. It's Georgia minus 15. I would like to know if you think uh if you think Missouri covers that or if you, you know, maybe if you want to throw a score prediction, go for it. I don't, you know, I don't want to make anyone give a prediction, but um, you know, <laughs> If they maybe cover, uh, and your your thoughts on that? All right, before the CFP ranking, uh, I was going to say it was going to be a tight one, but Georgia was going to barely cover. After the CFP ranking, uh, Georgia two hundred sixty nine, uh, Missouri negative two. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're uh, not going to show up. Actually. Yeah, I know, right? They're they're, they're going to lose points. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I think it's going to be you know I, I think it's going to be a cover. Uh, I think Georgia's going to cover this one. Uh, it's a home game, a revenge game, and a stick it to the CFP rankings game now. So I, I definitely think it's going to be a cover. Um, it's probably, you know, a lot of people are saying it's going to be a blowout, blowout, blowout. But, you know, I, I think 17, you know, obviously 17 points is a cover. And I, I think it's going to be, to me, I see this game playing out in a way that it's tight, kind of back and forth in the first half. Then Georgia gets a little nudge of momentum in the third quarter. And then they just kind of push it out there and get like a fourth quarter cover. You know, type, that's that's the type game that I see happening. Like just getting that momentum at home, you know, and that's how I see it happening. What I'm hoping yeah. happens is the 2021 Arkansas game where, and no offense to you guys, but um, I love seeing Georgia do this to, to teams where they just come out just completely ready to play in, in a game that you think in no way they're going to be ready to play because this team is really good. It's a really bad time slot and they're going to sneak up on them Missouri's not sneaking up on Georgia, not one bit anymore. Um, they snuck up on them last year, almost got them. Uh, that's not going to happen again. 
I hope it comes out like that 2021 Arkansas game where it was like 30 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, um, where they, it was just an avalanche of just dominance. Uh, I don't think we're built like that, though, honestly. Um, I wish we were, but I, I don't think we're built. That 21 team was just ridiculous, and they could do that to people. This team, this team can't really do that to people, but they can like slowly – if this makes any sense at all, they can slowly avalanche you to where in the fourth quarter it, it feels like you're buried, but it's really been a tight game for most of the way. It's like quicksand, not an avalanche. Yeah. A little slower. <laughs> a little slower, yeah. How do you if guys you, feel? I feel like George is going to shift the momentum at some point and just step on their throats almost. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to sell Mizzou short. It's been a very good season. They've shown a lot of strengths on offense and defense. When you face a team that just has so many more weapons and just is more like settled in and into the SEC, not the SEC, but just into college football and the, the state of the the program, it's just I see it as a two score game in favor of Georgia. I necessarily I don't know if it's going to be fifteen points like how Bet Online sees it. I think it might be more like ten or thirteen. And I, I think that's a, a fair thing to say. And I, th- I like what you said, that it's going to be something in that fourth quarter that kind of puts it away. Almost like the LSU game, not a pick six on like a drive that could really shift it. But for what, what happened to Mizzou, maybe just something that maybe a field goal or a touchdown that just kind of puts them ahead with maybe four or five minutes to go and the Tigers are kind of buried behind it. Yeah, I mean, um, that's this is how George has been playing all year. Yeah, I'm I'm along the same lines. I'm hoping that the thing that happens that turns the tide to Georgia isn't like how it was in LSU, which truly what killed that game was an offensive penalty by Mizzou that set up a comedy of errors that then, you know, lost kind of lost in the game. Um, You know, I I hope it's at least a play that Georgia makes, but yeah, I see, I see that too. I think probably a 10 or 14 point Bulldogs win. I, I, you're, you're really convincing me uh, Corey, with what you said um, about, about the DBs and the secondary. I, I like, I think that's a little bit that makes me nervous for Luther Burke in terms battle, of battle, dude. Like, yeah, it's, it's going to be a battle, man. I, I think yeah. it's. I mean, if you want, if you want actual score prediction, like, I think it's going to be kind of one of the, like thirty-eight twenty-one mm-hmm. type game, thirty-eight twenty, probably. I could see that. I could you see know, that. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know that that secondary is 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 scary to me and looking into them more now. And I, I'm like, I'm a big like, I love hard hitting corners like that. Just mm-hmm. you know, come up and pile drive guy like it. That's I don't know. That's the kind of DB play I like to see, and I think that's a good counter for what like Luther can do. Anyway, um, yeah, I think I think I think Mizzou will sneak a cover though. And again, you know, the the I way Mizzou fans are seeing it, it's like there's there's literally polls going around that's like, are are y'all gonna be happy with like a a 14 point loss and everyone's like, yes, they're still going to be, you know, two loss team and can still go on and do good things by Mizzou. Yeah, there's the still, the there's still a lot of good football to be played. And, and, and honestly, the one loss was, was, was a very winnable, winnable game that showed that game. I mean, even in the loss, that game showed that, Hey, this Missouri team is, is for real because what's happening with LSU right now is that Jane Daniels is in the Heisman race. He's the front runner in the Heisman race. And they've got a huge game with big time uh, SEC West implications on the line uh, for uh, with against Alabama this weekend. So, I mean, that's a that's a they're considered an elite football team. And Missouri was just this piddly little East team where their coach was going to be probably the first one out the door. You, that kind of puts you on the map, you know. That kind of said, okay, Missouri can play. And then y'all, then y'all backed it up, which was the more impressive part. Like from that game on, y'all have backed it up. 
And I've been really impressed with that. Yeah. Um, I'd like to throw out there a, a text from Peyton, who's our other co-host about what a score projection or score prediction would be. He said 38, 24, very close to yours, Corey, the, the, the 21 yeah. or 20. And I'm, I'm in a, that range too. A cover. So, that would be a cover yeah. for y'all. Okay. That'd be a cover. Yeah. Good teams win. Great teams cover. I mean, That's right. <laughs> yes. Goes. Uh, Cor, my last question, just you know, on the Georgia subject, what what was it like watching uh, Noah Ruggles miss that field goal right on uh, New Year's Eve? Because that was that was an electric, an electric moment for uh, just like oh me God. as a college football fan. I think I felt every emotion <laughs> in that one kick. Like it was relief, joy, excitement, and knowing that we just won the national championship because I, TCU obviously, you, you saw what obviously happened there, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I when he missed that, I was like, "Oh my god, thank God!" Like it, it just that was a roller coaster of a game, probably one of the best games I've ever seen. Um, and yeah, I was one of the more excited, one of the more excited times that I've that I've had. Um, given the twenty one season where we broke the forty two year curse of the national ch- the the drought where we broke the oh, drought. Yeah. That was, that was a good right. that, I mean that was a really good stretch. Um the the 17 Rose Bowl against Baker Mayfield was also along that same line of games that you're just like whoo I got I got a yeah. workout after that game <laughs> just watching it like I'm pacing back and forth like I didn't sit down in my living room. Yeah, you don't sit. You don't sit. You're you're like right up on the TV. And, and you're just like it's like you're in the game. And you you wake up the next morning feeling like you just played in that game, and that's how it felt. And it was New Year's yeah. too, so it's like it yeah, happened right, right at the, midnight. Yeah, right, right at the stroke of midnight. Yeah, which yeah, was wild. amazing. So yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I got I got two questions for you. Uh, one's coming from me, and then one will come from Peyton. Uh, do you so I know these are both could be about Georgia former Georgia quarterbacks. Um, do you know like the whole like joke about Matthew Stafford and how he uh, used to catch Clayton Kershaw in high school. Does that get brought up a lot at Georgia? <laughs> it gets brought up a lot everywhere. Uh, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like their go-to thing of like, Hey, did you know this uh, Cy Young winner and uh, Super Bowl champion quarterback are best friends and played, played uh, high school baseball together. Yeah. It's, it's like one of those things you, you always hear about, you know, how CBS, the CBS game of the week, they always have that one storyline that they just pile drive into your head. There you go. <laughs> that's it. That's one. Uh, that's one of them. Okay. Uh, my second one is uh, our so our friend Peyton, our other co-host that's on would would be on here today. He, I'm, I'm Peyton. You're Peyton right today. Yeah. Oh, I'd replace Peyton with Corey. That can be arranged. Yeah. That could be arranged. Uh, no, so for like Peyton, Peyton. Peyton. Yeah. <laughs> in uh in 2019, when we first met Peyton, huge Bears fan. He's, he's from Chicago. That's where he, that's where he's originally from. He wanted Jake Fromm. He wanted Jake Fromm more than anyone. Oh, uh, yeah, really <laughs> touched the bullet. bullet. Uh, ended up going to the fifth round. But, I mean, when Jake Fromm was there, what, what was that like? I mean, he was about as solid of a – I mean, I, I would never use the word spectacular because that's not what he was. But he was just, just ridiculously efficient. Like, he just – surgical. Um, lots of poise. Like, he – I mean, he was a true leader – of the team, but like, like I said, nothing spectacular, obviously, because he was a fifth round draft pick that never really, he had like maybe one NFL start and was terrible. And he's now not in the league now. So um, he was that on the, when he, when he was with the bills, he was the, uh, the COVID quarterback that had like mm-hmm. quarantine for weeks 
like talking to nobody. So like that's where he was. Um, so I would say, yeah, as a Bears fan, he probably dodged a bullet there. Um, but at Georgia, Jake Fromm was one of the most successful quarterbacks that we had, led us to a, our first national title berth since 1982. And, uh, yeah, we, we loved him at, at Georgia. Uh, not much in the NFL, but we, we loved him at Georgia. This yeah, I, was, I, I, I have a – go ahead, Kenny, sorry. He's a TV star too. Yeah, I was pretty interested to see where he is now, actually. He is with Washington. He's on their practice squad. He's on their practice squad. I, know I wasn't been, expecting I know that. He's been, yeah. I know he's been bouncing around he's the league. Around. I know he's with the Giants. I know he's signed with a couple – but, yeah, I guess he's with Washington now. I One last, last question. I have to ask this, especially because we're recording this on Thursday. I got Thursday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a huge George Pickens guy when he was, when he was there. Um, mm-hmm. I just any quick take on George Pickens because he's just such a funny like and he's really good, obviously, but like just a funny like player to watch with his just like, you know, oh, he tries to like so... jump over people. He's, he's, oh, so, he's fun. so he's so electric, man. He's just got his personality. He's very eccentric. He's very just he's just kind of out there uh, yeah. already. And, you know, you just he just has fun, man. Like it's all in his mind. He's just having fun. He's just messing with you. He's just doing his thing. And he's just so much fun to watch because some of the catches he makes and the way he contorts his oh body, uh, it, the way he really takes pride in blocking. Like he's, he loves blocking. Yeah. Uh, probably the most, the most, uh, actually he's enjoyed blocking the most since some guy named Heinz Ward uh, for the Steelers. <laughs> uh, he just, he just loves it. He just loves playing football. And it's yeah. just so much fun to watch him. I, I hate that the Steelers have been struggling in that regard because he hasn't been. Now, he, he now as electric and explosive as he is in a positive way, unfortunately, he's that in a negative way sometimes too, um, where he has those blow-ups. He got in a fight against Georgia Tech. Um, he's blown up on coaches on the sidelines, and he's probably you know had some incidents uh, that we don't know about uh, in, in training camp and – you know at the facility but you know with the good you have to take the bad and his bad hasn't been bad enough to you know where it's made headlines or he's you know had to be removed from the team thankfully at this point um but yeah he's just an explosive personality both in a positive way and you know unfortunately sometimes in a negative way you got to have those guys though like he's just a football Mm -hmm. guy like i don't know he was just so i remember his like freshman season i watched i was like this guy is like oh he was all over the place um uh, you know he had some. He had a. He had a really bad injury um, that mm. prevented him from really kind of making a difference in that national title season in twenty one. Yeah. Um, and he was just more of a decoy. Um, he had a few good plays in him down the stretch there in the in the SEC championship, the the playoff game, and then uh, the mm. national championship game. Uh, but that's really kind of all he was limited to, unfortunately, just because his knee just wasn't there yet. But God Almighty, like he like. <laughs> <sighs> That, it was it's just, so funny. He's just so fun. Yeah, yeah. he's just, he's, so just a, he, yeah. he's he's unbelievable. Like he he was one yeah. he was one of my favorites to watch. I loved him. Yeah, he's electric. All right. Yeah. Sorry, I had to I had to ask about the. Hey, no, absolutely, just... absolutely. I mean, he's doing the same. He's electrifying Steeler fans like like he did for Georgia fans. Totally. Um, all right. Well, yeah, Corey, thank you so much. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm all out of, I could ask you, I'm sure about a million Georgia play, former players, especially with, you know, any, they'll look at the whole Philadelphia Eagles roster. Yeah, <laughs> are people like Athens are, North? Are people like de facto, yeah. Are people like de facto <laughs> Eagles Athens. fans down there? Just Cause they got so yeah, many. Like, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the Falcons yeah. haven't given us much to cheer about down in Georgia. 
Uh, right. I grew up in I live in Tennessee now, but I, I grew up in Georgia. Uh, so so for most where most Georgia fans live, the Falcons haven't given them much to cheer about. So yeah, they they cheer for the t- the team that represents uh, North Athens. <laughs> there you go. North the North Athens Eagles, of course. Yeah, put that exactly. on their next Super Bowl graphic. That's right. Um, all right. Yeah, nice. Uh, well, Corey, thank you so much for for coming on. I hope Israel caught something. Um, you know, he's gonna have to come on. I, I, I think the story. Yeah, he's gonna have to show off his. Uh, I, I want to see some hunting picks. Is, is what yeah. I'm, is what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm gonna ask him about it next time. I next time I talk to him. But um, they're you know they're get they're 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 making a, a defending run. They're defending their state championship. Uh, I think they're get, I think this is they have this this game tomorrow night for the region championship. Um Ooh, big and, one, yeah. Yeah, so it yeah, if they clinch region championship, they'll host throughout the playoffs. And nice. so they won they won the state championship uh last year at his school. What school what school is it called? It's what school it's Ware County. Uh the Ware, Ware County, County. Gators. Yeah, it's down in Waycross, right. Georgia. And if you've ever heard of Waycross, Georgia, congratulations. It's probably because you've been there. Yeah, it's it's, it's in the swamp. Yeah. Well, hey, go Gators. You know, hopefully they can yeah. make a run. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Corey, thank you so much for for coming on. We'll have to. We'll definitely have to have you back on again. It's just fun talking yeah. talking football and, with you. So, but we'll. I'll have to have a. Uh, I'll have to have a home game with you guys next time. You know, yeah. There you, we go. Put you on our there turf. Right. Home and home. Home and home. 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 Do yeah, we have to like? So. Do we have to pay you like a? Is it like a homecoming game? Pay you like six hundred grand. You have to pay me a million dollars. Yeah. To come. Is that is no, is, sure. is the unwritten rule have a have that kind of budget yet? Uh, that's chump change. Chump no change. comment. We're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna throw in an extra yeah. million just to just be to, a little nice. There you go. Yeah. Just just Donation. for hospitality, southern hospitality. Exactly. I mean, you guys have been yeah. in the SEC now for since 2012. So you know, I, I hope you guys have developed a little southern hospitality. You know, <laughs> uh, they, they, exactly. they do they do a good job. We gotta expand our stadium <laughs> first. That's the next thing on the docket. Yeah. Um, is there construction yeah. going on with that? It's plans. There's plans. There's plans. Oh, plans. Okay, plans. Yeah, yeah. we okay. got plans. I think. I think actually, in a couple of days, they'll like release. Uh, they'll release what they are. So that'll be fun. I mean, even Vanderbilt's um, expanding their stadium. So I guess you guys got to get on board at some point, right? Well, yeah, they, you got to play on the freaking construction site. I've been making fun of that all year. Scoreboards. I, I, I think, yeah, yeah, the scoreboard not only hanging from the football. Crane, it's swaying. It yeah. sways in the wind. Yeah, it blows in the wind, and then uh, I, I always are like. One of my good friends, he uh, he's actually on this network too. He hosts the Believe in Badgers show. Um, he lives here in Nashville. He's a he's a Badger, and uh, his name is Matt Perkins, and he has season yeah. tickets. His his wife is a Vanderbilt grad, so they have season tickets. And uh, he you know he invites me to a game or two every year, and and I told him this year I was like, hey, as long as we're sitting, as long as we got bulldozer seats, we're good. Like sitting on the bulldozer in, the, in one of the end zones, just like held up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in the, uh, just in the, they call it the bucket. Yeah, the bucket. Yeah, the, the scooper. The I don't yeah, know. Sco- yeah, whatever. What do they call it? As long as we got our seats there, I told him. I told him I was going to go if if we had those seats. If not, then you know it's a hard pass. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Sit on the top of the crane. Stereo. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need the just good. Don't stand, just don't stand right. under the scoreboard, or you'll be uh, on the news for all <laughs> the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, it's that that's such a wild because yeah, Georgia and Mizzou both had to suffer mm-hmm. through a game there. Um, yeah, but there you go. Such a dead place. I mean, like, I'm sure y'all, I'm sure you, I didn't watch that game where y'all played Vanderbilt, but I'm sure if it was anything like our game against Vanderbilt, y'all probably it was. Like, you probably slept walk through it, is what pretty I'm pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. And then, like, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, 
we have to win this game. Let's just get out of here. And then you just go and like do what you got to do to win the game and put it away. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Vandy, Vandy's been a, has been a trap game though. There was 2019 Mizzou was ranked and then lost to Vandy on the road. That was terrible, but yeah, it happens. Van, Van, Vandy will pick you off every once in a while. It, it's happened to us too. 2016 was uh, Kirby's first year. He, he, he got picked off. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah, um, at home too. Oh yeah, and that—that's. Yeah, I'm home. surprised he lasted that long. Surprised they didn't chase him out of there right away. Shoot, no. he, he what, what could have been? What could he have was been? All, I know, right? He was all conference safety there. They weren't going to run him off after year one. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, all right. Well, Corey, thank you so much. We'll definitely have you back on. Um, and we'll Absolutely, do the home and home. guys. We'll make, we'll Absolutely, make that happen. man. I, I can't wait. Cool. I I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I hate that Israel couldn't join us, but I really do appreciate y'all having me on and. uh you know, this is going to be a great game and uh you know feel free to check you know obviously you guys are this is your home turf so all your all your fans obviously are with you uh, but check me out on believe in georgia dogs and also sec after dark uh, we talk about the entire conference on sec after dark so come join us there uh, as well we go live every wednesday night so beautiful uh, check, yeah. check check us out there it's a fun show i host with an old miss guy tennessee guy and a bama guy so there you go Good variety, it's, uh, yeah. I love SCCNA. Yeah, I've, I've, I, your y'all's content's fun. So yeah, yeah. Everyone go check that out, mm-hmm. um, and go enjoy. And with that, uh, the way I'm cutting this show, we will cut over uh, to crickets. But uh, Corey, thank you for joining us. Yeah, appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.